It's an emergency edition of the Brian Russillo podcast. James Hart has been traded to the Brooklyn Nets. Houston gets Oladipo, Dante Exum, still holding out hope. Kuroots, unprotected picks, 22, 24, 26, a swap in 21, cares, 23, 25, 27. The Cleveland pick from Milwaukee in 2023. Brooklyn gets Harden. Cleveland gets Jared Allen, Tayshawn Prince, who actually has 12, 13 million remaining next two years. And so now we're looking at a Nets team with Durant, Kyrie Irving, we think, and James Harden. So to break it all down with Jack McMullen and Bill Simmons, an emergency edition of the Ryan Rosilla podcast. This episode is presented to you by Lululemon. The perfect pants do exist, and you can get them at Lululemon. The men's ABC pants are shockingly comfortable and breathable, and they come in tons of different styles and fabrics, all made to make you look and feel good. Whether you're in the office, at the gym, cheering in the stands, or just relaxing at home, these pants are in a league of their own. Buy a pair today at lululemon.com. This episode is brought to you by Royal Caribbean. What are you going to do for your next vacation? Beach, island hopping, hiking, a little culture? Choose Royal Caribbean, and you can go on all the vacations at once. That's the point. You want to go to Greece? How about they get you there? Everywhere else. I've looked at the Alaska packages. Alaska Inside Package, Alaska Experience Cruise, Vancouver, round trip, one way out of Seattle. They have it all. They make it easier for you with adventure at every stop. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Visit royalcaribbean.com to learn more. Emergency pod right here on the Ryan Russillo feed. We have Jack McMullen who's going to join us here, and Bill Simmons. And this is uh, incredible because we have breaking news, finally. Harden has been traded. But this is a weird one, depending on where you were at and who you were talking to throughout this day, because there was <laughs> momentum that it was Harden to Philly. There are reports it's Harden to Philly. Maybe it's to Brooklyn. There are people around the league, Bill, Jackie, texting, kind of going, look, it sounds like it's Philly. It sounds like it's right. done. And then within an hour, it was, nope, it's done. It's the Brooklyn Nets. So, um, let's start with you, Jackie, because I know you're working on a bunch of stuff, but the reaction yeah. to this thing that we all thought could happen at some point, but I think there was a real last-minute switch here with Brooklyn. Yeah, and I I always thought, Ryan, from the very, very beginning, it would be Brooklyn. But then when Dinwiddie went down, I thought that killed it because, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie, I feel terrible that he got hurt, but it probably saved him and kept him in Brooklyn, truthfully, mm. because I think he was originally part of the deal. I think the Nets always wanted James Harden. And I think Spencer Dudwinnie would have been part of that package if he were healthy. So that's just a little twist to it all. We know how much Daryl loves uh, Harden, but I think Harden is a bit of a hard sell right now for someone that hasn't spent as many years and as much time with him as, as Maury has. If, if I'm Doc Rivers and I got this thing going and, and Bede's playing great and, you know, Simmons's numbers aren't, they're not video game numbers but I always just look at him on the defensive end of the floor and think he's worth it. So he ended up where I thought he was going to end up. That's what I'm going to say. All right, Bill, help us understand the Philly part of this because, you know, you've been kind of hinting at this and you and I were talking a little bit earlier today. So help us understand kind of what happened here and maybe how it fell apart. Yeah, I would disagree with Jackie. I, I, I thought it was Brooklyn initially. Then you think it was, oh, Brooklyn's just being used because they really want to do the deal with Philly. But then when all the Kyrie stuff happened – starting last week, to me, that was going to take Brooklyn off the table because you're, you're trying to play this out. And I, I don't think we need to go deep into the Kyrie thing. Cause I think it's complicated and maybe we don't know all the facts, but it just didn't seem like the right time to then make this franchise altering trade for a superstar. I heard it was Philly. I heard last night it was headed toward Philly. I had heard Simmons and Maxi, but then after the trade, 
found out that apparently Maxi was was like kind of a bo- untouchable for for Philly. They're like, we're not putting that, in Simmons huh? and Maxi. They're like, how about Thibel? So it was Simmons, Thibel, and then they're kind of going back and forth on the picks. And I honestly think Philly might have gotten too cute. If they, the question is, did they want Harden? Or were they trying to get Harden at a discount because they didn't 100% want Harden? And that's the thing. If you're haggling over uh, one extra pick swap, whatever, it, to me, it's like you just do it. Like if you really want the guy. Brooklyn clearly really wanted the guy. And then it gets to the point, what, four pick swaps and three first. The first pick swap is bogus because it's this year. Houston's yeah. not going to have a, a I love better that. record I than love Brooklyn. Yeah, it's like, oh, we got yeah, that's yeah, that's stupid. <laughs> They got Cleveland's first rounder that is actually from Milwaukee next year. That's going to be probably a useless pick too, but it's still a lot of picks. And then the Oladipo piece. So I think for where, for what Harden looked like last night, remember Russell and I were texting last night, like, oh my God, this guy, he's gaining weight. He's not playing hard anymore. He sabotaged his teammates after. Yeah. So to get this much for that guy is crazy to me. What do you think, Rosillo? Look, I was, I was hate watching Houston all season. Um, because it was so bad, I actually enjoyed it. And I didn't even allow myself to get excited enough for peak Boogie Cousins to be back because, you know, early on, and Bill and I have always joked about this, I think we both watched way too many Sacramento games over the last decade because they always seem to be on in some weird window by themselves. They used to always have that weird late one on the East Coast where I'd be in Connecticut in the basement at 1 a.m. watching the fourth quarter of a Sacramento game. And (laughs) I always felt like I was kind of like, yeah, I know what Boogie does statistically, but doesn't really make a ton of sense. So then when you added it all together, where Boogie Cousins is the one that sounds responsible, where he looks like the leader going, you know, Harden's completely disrespecting us. I cannot emphasize this enough. I don't care what Harden's traditional stats were this year. He was so bad. And in those in-between moments where he would rotate bad, he wouldn't even bother. He wouldn't, if he could go over or under a screen, he would take the third option where it was like, I'm not even going to do any of those things. I'm just going to do this. Baseline cuts behind him, forget it. Transition, he would never get back. And he threw a pass to John Wall last night where he got stuck and picked up his dribble at the top of the key and he got mad that Wall didn't release to like come out and then let Harden reset. So then Harden just chucked it towards the half court line. Yeah, it looked Wall like he was had, throwing it out of bounds. He was, it lo- he was doing it to like make Wall move And then, like, Wall looked at him like, what are you doing? And then Harden pouted and, like, walked off to the side. So, if Daryl truly wanted him, that and he he worked with the guy for years, and I wonder if Daryl's almost so statistically blinded by how efficient he was, which, again, I think is a little fraudulent. Like, Harden's really great, but statistically who he's been, I think it's a little misleading because everything is around him. Every single decision by this franchise is about him getting buckets, as good as he is. So when I watch this version of him, I know how the league works. I know it's about adding stars, Jackie. But I got to tell you, it was so gross for three weeks and the way he actually physically looks. I don't know know what I'm getting. Like, I'm a little worried about it. Well, and think of all the bodies left in his wake. Seriously. Right? I mean, Karis LeVert, he didn't want to go anywhere. John Wall, all these guys, everybody, you know, John Wall was traded. They made that trade in part because Harden and Westbrook were done. Like, all these things that have happened that James Harden— yeah, all Dwight these Howard. things. Right. I mean, we can list them all. Kevin then, McHale. We, we can oh, go wow. There the you podcast. go. Yeah, Kevin McHale. Clint Capella. Clint Capella. Yeah, Clint, Clint. Jeff Clint Green. Capella. Right? Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. And that's sort of my point. So we were on, what, I don't know, was it a couple weeks ago, Bill? We were talking with Ryan and about Harden and the Celtics, which I don't think any of us ever felt was really going to happen. Uh, 
You don't think they want them, right, Jackie? They they kicked the tires on it, though. They definitely Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge always is intrigued by talent. This is what I said that on that pod a couple weeks ago. He just flat. You don't get a chance at scores like Harden very often. But remember, they're just coming off Kyrie, when a transcendent talent isn't quite enough because other things need to be correct. And so I think in the end, no, I don't think they were willing. They weren't going to give up Jalen Brown for him. And I would give Well, the greatest Jaylen. thing that happened was Jalen comes out of the gate and he's just kicking Boy, ass. Boy, does he ever. It, yeah, he does yeah, ever. And so. I, I mean, I said this on the pod with Sully yesterday. I think they should just come out and be like, we're not trading Brown and Tatum. These are our two guys. We right. are building around them the same way we built around Bird and McHale and Parrish once upon a time. Like, this is our team. Like, stop throwing them in trade rumors. They won't do that. But no, anyway, no, I interrupted I think, too, they ha- Well, that's right. That's half the fun of pods. It's because I think also, too, <laughs> they just think Kemba... They really think Kemba's going to be okay. Now, they, they may yeah. be blowing smoke, but they really do. So then you have those three, and and you live or die with that. And you know what? You'll be able to sleep at night living with those three, right? And I think that matters at this moment for that franchise because they're well, everything. And, they and what they mean off the court, too. Like, I, I, I think well, that matters I mean. in this yeah. day and age. These three guys that are going to be ambassadors on and off the court and could really affect change in the city and in the state. I think that matters. You know, that Jalen so, Brown was um, picked um, player or person of the year from the Boston Globe. The Boston Globe picked, picked like three game changers for social activism. And Jalen Brown was one of them. Right. So, anyway. so Boston was out. I think it was down to these two teams. I don't think Denver could figure out any sort of scenario. Portland, too risky. They, they didn't guarantee them the title anyway. And yeah. I think with Philly... I think Philly just felt like this is we're going to be able to get this guy at 75 cents in the dollar. Right. I, the stuff with Harden, you know, Jackie, you were where were you working in 2004? Was that Sports Illustrated or were you ESPN at that point? Uh, I was back at the Globe. I was okay. Back at the Globe. So yeah. did you catch any Vince Carter games during that 20 game stretch when he just quit? Yeah, that was And bad. he was playing and he was out there yeah. as like zombie Vince Carter, basically. Right. And such a I really blemish t- too on an otherwise great career. Too bad. And he went to he went to the to the Nets and he immediately started averaging 27, 28 right. a game again. And it's a real you look at it even on basketball reference, and you're like, man, that guy really tanked. That's what's on his wrong team. with the league, though. That's what's wrong with the league. James Harden gets to go where he wanted to go. There's something wrong when that happens, when you're well, when my you point behave was the way he's behaved. You know? The 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 Harden thing to me was worse than the Vince thing. Oh, I actually worse. think it was more it was flagrant. way worse, Bill. Because worse. I mean, it's not even close. it was it, it wasn't like Vince was in Toronto for five years saying, "Hey, trade for this guy, actually get him out of here." No, trade for this guy, no, get him out of here. The amount of assets they gave up for Westbrook, where Paul ended up becoming the more valuable asset just twelve months later, right. Right. like it's that incredible. that magic trick is incredible. Um, they did everything for Harden. Harden is a very good offensive player. Statistically, he's great, but they set up everything, system and roster, and you know the way that they changed the culture because they just don't want to upset these guys, and then they still are pissed off, and they decide they want out with two years left on the contract. So, yeah, I mean, i I got to be honest with you. Like, when Vegas has Brooklyn go from fourth to second-best odds to win the title, can we see how the basketball part of this fits when we already have an MIA guy in Kyrie on top of it all? Like, there's a, a there's a lot of assuming going on here from a basketball standpoint that now everybody's just going to start rolling in Brooklyn for the next 55 games. Yeah, thank goodness I got rid of that Jared Allen, huh? That real problem. <laughs> like, He's wait, good, yeah. No kidding. I, what is Cleveland doing, by the way? Are they just trying to get every available center known to man on their roster? Like, that yeah, was that good. was weird. That made me yeah. think maybe they're, maybe they're planning on shopping 
dropping Drummond. And, and Drummond's Drummond, great. Drummond's been Drummond, really they good. Might, they might be a little down on the 17 shots a game for Andre Drummond, though. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I understand. I understand. But back, but back to the Harden thing for when the, the difference, I think, between Harden and Vince, when Vince was doing it, it, the basketball wasn't covered the way it is now. We didn't have any social oh, media. No, we yeah. had League Pass. We had dickheads like me on the internet who were going to make fun of you if you started tanking games. That's about it. <laughs> And make every um, college kid think they can do what you do. I still hold you responsible. Well, I know. That. I know you hold me responsible. I hold you responsible <laughs> for Carl Malone's MVP. I know. We're so even. That's, that's we're where even. We're, we're even. We're even. Okay. But in 2021, to do what Harden was doing, like uh, the, to what he did last night against the Lakers, the si league's signature team. And I'm just, not sure LeBron loves Harden. So I think LeBron was really enjoying it and was like, hey, let's put Harden in a pick and roll. And he's like, yeah, he's, yeah. he's doing things to it. But I mean, how about that shot I, in the corner? Where, oh, where you, the guy the from the bench was the like, bet. hey, yeah, I think it was uh, Dennis who was like, hey, I'll bet you a hundred bucks. And he's like, Shorter, yeah, and turns yeah. around. Like, think about how much they don't give a shit about your team if that's the stuff they're doing in an NBA game. Uh, it's so true. That was so bird-like, though, wasn't it? He was like, it's he was balls in the air. He's like, you owe me whatever. Oh, great. I mean, so, you know, if you're going to look to, like, defend Harden, which is hard. I, we don't know how awful of an owner for, for Tita is. He, he, he's definitely has the reputation in the league as like, if you're going to pick, all right, who are your craziest loose cannon owners in the league? He would be one of the top three people mentioned. We don't know what the Harden relationship was. We don't know what promises were made. I've also heard that Harden was having a lot of issues the last like 10, 12 days with all this stuff. He was really genuinely unhappy. The pandemic ties into some of that. And, you know, that's why, like, he gained weight over the last week. And it's like when somebody's sometimes when they're unhappy, they eat. So yeah. I don't know what was going on with him mentally. But last night was the night I think we all realized this is not sustainable. They can't put him yeah. out on a basketball court again. Jackie, that's only happened a couple times in NBA history that I can remember thinking, like, they literally can't play this guy anymore. Yeah, and I don't like it, you know. And and it, it to me, it's it flies in the face of everything that's like, you know, say what you want about LeBron James switching teams. He always waited till he was a free agent. He never held a, a franchise hostage. He waited till his contract was up and he moved. And even with Anthony Davis, I think that was done maybe near the end, not so much. But Anthony Davis gave it a good go in New Orleans. I mean, yeah. you know, I, it's hard to be it's hard to be too angry at Anthony Davis for finally saying, hey, I'd like to move on. But this is just. You know, because he hasn't earned the right to behave this way, in my opinion. You know, you were talking about the stats, Ryan, and you're so you're so right because when we talk about clutch stats, when the game's on the line, when it really matters, where does Harden fit in there in playoff stats when the game's on the line? He, he fades. I mean, the, the one game I can't get out of my head, and I was there as a spectator. I was with my family. It was Christmas time. Houston was at the Boston Garden. You probably remember this game. Yeah, and and they're, the Celtics are losing. They're not going to win the game. And then Marcus Smart decides to like mess with. I, I know I'm allowed to swear on podcasts, but I still can't do it yet. If I kid, I would use the f word just now. And he's going to mess with James <laughs> Harden, and he convinces James Harden. He, he literally goads him into back-to-back -back offensive fouls on the inbound. At, right? Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, and I'm yeah. I, you, Ryan. You know this. And I'm looking at going. How would you ever? I'm just thinking. How would you ever build your franchise around a guy like that? It never left my mind. Never. Well, so Ryan, maybe this is the sneaky part of this trade. You have this guy who's an incredible stats guy who basically for the first 44 minutes of a game is an all-time great, but where he gets suspect is the last four minutes and in playoff situation. Now on a team where he doesn't have to be doesn't the guy have to in the do last it. four well, minutes. That's the whole point. He's got yeah. Kevin Durant. No, I'm not saying this won't work. 
because but but I just I, I got to know where his head's at. That's what I'm that's what I'm well, worried. Where's it's Kyrie's like, hey, head at? Don't we want to know that? All right. First? But you know what, Jack? Let's actually I'm glad you brought it up because we kind of went around. You're better equipped to deal with this than Bill and I ever could be because, you know, you're around the Celtics yeah. so much. You you understand right. Jackie, this. Jackie is the league psychologist. She yeah. she so, knows more about this stuff than anybody. What, who what yeah, for the league. Yeah. Like, help us understand the Kyrie part of it without just being a bunch of jerks on podcasts that can't no, figure out how anyone can do this. Well, so I will tell you this. One of the con- I was thinking about all the conversations I've had with Kyrie through the years. One of them I had, I don't know, two years ago. We got into an argument about, you know, something. And he's like, well, there shouldn't be an NBA draft. Players should be able to go wherever they want to go. We're not, you know, someone's property. And I'm like, yeah, you are, dude. That's the way it works. That's why you get paid all these millions. And so I really think in Kyrie's mind, he I think the effects of the capital, I think the effects of the Jacob Blake shooting, I genuinely believe those things affected him. They mm. bothered him. He felt like this we, we are not putting importance where it belongs. These things are more important. I really believe that. Now, and I would you know what? I would have been okay with that. And, and if you said, you know what, I just right now. If you're if you're making a protest or you need that mental whatever, I would be on board with that. The problem is, if that's your message, no one knows it because you haven't said that. First of all, and second of all, now you're at a birthday party with your sister, and maybe someone's saying, "Well, that's to get himself to mentally heal or whatever." But the we can't ignore optics. We just can't. And if the nets, if I'm the nets, I'm like, "What are you doing?" And you've got to find him. And there's got to be repercussions because if you don't make repercussions, then the rest of the team is like, you just took on James Harden. Are you going to have repercussions for him? So I, I, you know, I want to understand Kyrie and where he's coming from. Obviously I have not spoken with him or anybody close to him because I don't even know who that is anymore. Was there somebody, was there somebody that you felt like was close to him before? Like when he was in Boston, Jackie? Well, one of the guys, you know, Robin that used to train him, Robin, I felt like, was someone that could tell him they worked really well together. They worked really hard together. And I don't know Robin Pound. I don't know why he – I don't know why they – I think it was Robin's decision to move on. I I don't know why he decided to do that. But he was one of the guys that I knew that could say to Kyrie, like, cut it out. You're being a jerk, you know? Like, come on, man. This is bad. Don't do this, you know? And I don't know who that Everything Jackie laid out makes a ton of sense, right? If – the Capitol and Jacob Blake and some other stuff affected Kyrie. And he's like, I don't want to play basketball right now. I'm going to take a break. You take a leave of absence from your team. You tell your coach, you tell the organization. I think what he, what's missing with him and what was definitely missing from him, from the experience I had from following him for two years in Boston is he never understood cause and effect. Right. He never understood. Like if I say this publicly, people will now remember this. If, Mm -hmm. If I act this way on a Friday and then on a Saturday, I'm doing a 180 from that. And I'm saying this instead, that would become a news story. People follow the team every day on message boards. They follow them on podcasts right. and blogs on internet sites. And when I say things, when I do things, those things get dissected. So how I message those things, I need maybe need to be more careful. He just doesn't understand that. And I think or he we doesn't saw care. last week. Or he doesn't care. Or he doesn't care. One or the other. Right. And we saw it last week. He didn't tell Steve Nash, I'm not going to play. Um, yeah. If you're in a team or you could be an eighth grade team, you could be my daughter's club soccer team, a high school team, a college team. Like you still have to communicate with the people who run right. the team. And and he just seems like 
he feels like, it seems like he feels like he could just make up his own rules. I'm not saying what happened last week wasn't 100% genuine to him, but he still doesn't understand the concept of team and cause and effect. And I wonder, part of this, Russillo, with the Harden trade is, are the Nets thinking we might not have Kyrie this year and we don't want to waste year two of Durant? We have yeah. to contend. This isn't salvageable the way it is. We got to go all in on this. Okay, well, this is the part that's been, now been happening for years. And I remember, you know, first talking about this going, you know, you really look at the math on these these second half of the first round picks. They're they're totally overvalued. Like everybody's freaking out about this role player. Like, oh, I need a first. I need a first. And it was hard to get them because it was kind of fun to tell your fan base like, oh, we have two firsts this year. And it's like, oh, cool. 26 and 29. You know, right. and like you're not even going to you've already declined the third year option on the 29th pick before you even drafted him. And right. so <laughs> whenever whenever we started to talk about that and it's weird because a lot like the league overnight has turned into a three point barrage. The league overnight decided, I guess we don't care about first round picks at all anymore. So right. on paper, like the pieces coming out, like, OK, you ended up with Levert. You ended up with Exum, who I couldn't believe was $9 million. Think about that. Yeah, he had a $9 million yeah. a year contract. He just contract. can't stay healthy, that guy. No, he just can't. Although I love yeah. him in this system. I'm just kidding. Um, and Kuroots, <laughs> yeah. who's you know, a couple million expiring as well. So you've got, right. you've got expirings. You get to make your decision on Oladipo, who I actually believe in still from a health standpoint. But Bill and I have been arguing about, like, did he forget I have how to five, play? I have five minutes of Oladipo content for, <laughs> okay. for both of you. Ready later. Okay. Yeah, ready okay. later. Because I do think he's healthy. I do hold out hope, but I don't know that I want to argue with with Bill on the point because right. we well, both let me just ask you this. at the same time. I want to ask you this, Ryan. Okay. Straight up, if you had a choice between Karis LeVert and Oladipo right now, which one would you take? You guys are going to kill me for this, but I'd still stay with Oladipo. Okay. And that's with LeVert under contract. Um, yeah, at, he's you know, locked up. At, I was going to say. As a score at around $18 million a year, the two years after this, that's not bad. And he, look, he can get buckets. He's, he has a little, I feel like D'Angelo Russell hypnotized Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert and was like, this is the way you want to play. <laughs> like, I'm a little, I'm a little afraid. So, That's you know funny. what? Why don't we do this? What, Bill, give me your Oladipo. Then I have to taltalk about all these picks because that's, I think this is a really important part of this because it's another one of these more recent last couple of years trades where it's like, all right, can I give you 12 picks? And people are like, yeah, fine, you can have 12. Because that's, look, we're well, talking about on paper eight picks, even though it's really only seven. I think seven. we should do the picks things now. This episode is brought to you by Netflix. A gentleman always opens the door for you, but the gentlemen are just as likely to break it down and stash their drugs inside. The Gentleman, based on Guy Ritchie's award-winning film, is a new Netflix series that follows a whole new cast of criminal lords and ladies slumming it in Britain's criminal underworld. Guns out and pinkies up. Don't miss The Gentleman, now playing only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? I don't have soccer practices, whether my age or someone else's age. So I like to try to figure out how to maximize my time because I have more time than others. Whether it's going for a run, getting a workout in. My favorite thing, I love to read and I love to go to my spot and try to veg out and not think about anything else that's going on in my life or my day other than that escape to just dive into a book and be outside. And I'm lucky that I get to do that. The best way to squeeze in that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you so that you can make it a priority. And therapy can help you figure that out. A therapist can guide you through the process of defining your values and understanding your priorities so you know what things you can spend your time on that will really fulfill you. Otherwise, you'll always be wishing for more time. 
If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Learn how to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Ryan, R-Y-E-N, today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Ryan. It's four pick swaps, but the one this year is nullified because it's right. not so going to come into play. It's 22, 24, 26, all unprotected. It's 23, 25, 27 swaps. It's the 23 Cleveland pick that's the Milwaukee pick. The scary thing about this is if, is if you're the Nets – Guess who's under contract for the next two years? It's it's Harden for one more year after this. It's Durant and Kyrie for two more years. You're talking about picks, three or four of these picks, when all of these guys, with the way this league works, they could be gone. I'm telling you, there are going to be picks that happen six, seven years from now where the next LeBron James is going to go because he was part of a salary dump for David Nwaba. Dude, They're gonna it go happened. Like, oh. It happened with Tatum and Brown. It did. 16 and 17. Those that was, was from a trade from three years Let's before. See, who was I, it? Oh, and it was the Brooklyn Nets. Absolutely. Right. So I just thought coming out of that, teams would be a little more careful with the picks way on down the road. The, if I'm a Nets fan, first of all, I'd be asking myself, how am I a Nets fan? Secondly, I would be asking, I'm not, I don't care about the stuff the next couple of years, but once we get into 2024 and beyond, and I am now back in this KG Pierce situation again, right. potentially, where I've just watched my house burn down, and now we we built the house up again, and now I'm watching the construction guys smoking next to the house where all the leaves are, and I'm like, hey man, this house mm-hmm. burned. That's how I would feel. I, you know, and then I don't think this guaranteed them a title, which is the other piece of this. The Anthony Davis trade, they gave up an incredible amount for him, right? Probably mm-hmm. the biggest haul anybody's and you given still up in do a trade. It. And you do it again. Yeah, you, you do, do it, it every time. Yeah. Right. Right. Because they won the title. Well, because I don't know if this well, guarantees also, the title for them. Well, also, Anthony Davis was in his prime, and we hadn't seen the best of Anthony Davis yet, and we all knew that. Anthony Davis was hungry to win a championship. He was in perfect shape, and he was a willing sidekick to LeBron. So, and what, what I mean by that is Anthony Davis could be the closer for sure. Anthony Davis could have been an MVP candidate, but he was going to be okay with whatever LeBron wanted. So yep. those are all the differences between him and James Harden. Well, and they, the other pieces, they were aligned from a clutch standpoint. Right. Of course. They of course. were aligned from a big brother, little brother standpoint. The Harden thing, my fear with trading for Harden, and this is, I was comfortable with the Celtics not doing it, but my fear with anyone trading for him is it reminded me of 2006 when Iverson was getting shopped and it seemed like Boston had a chance. Remember it was going to be Al mm-hmm. Jefferson, uh, future oh. two future picks, all that stuff. And I wanted them to do it. I'm like, this guy's a star. You always, you always do the three quarters for a dollar trade. But the piece we missed was that Iverson had two years left of being a star because of the way he lived his life right. and well, the conditioning, and the practice all that stuff. Well, yeah, and how, how hard he played in his stature too, you know? Or lack of so stature. my question with Harden would, how many real prime years does Harden have left considering the way he lives his life, the way he looked last night? I don't know. Could, is that somebody that's, who's going to be playing until his late 30s? That's the part of this that I've always wondered is that when you've had a lifestyle, and I, I think this is almost a human nature thing, but when you've had a basketball lifestyle where every single thing has been catered around you, mm-hmm. and this is kind of the way you have to do it now. Like think about the Celtics even with Kyrie back when he missed 2018 in game seven. He had the deviated septum thing. Right. But a lot of people around it were like, wait, you couldn't find a way to 
you know, show up for game seven against the Cavs. It just looks bad. And then Andrew I was defending Joe, him at the time, not knowing any better. I'm like, okay, no, you, no, you know, and you know what? issues. And maybe it was, you know, maybe it was the whole deal is Ainge made the joke about, hey, he's worried about he's not going to look good enough. So he doesn't want to show yeah. up. He doesn't want to be seen in public. But it sounded really bad. But guess what? The Celtics were cool with it. And maybe it was true. OK, so I'm not even calling them out. But what you do as an organization is you constantly enable and you defend because you're so worried about these guys wanting to bounce even when they're under contract. Never right, mind when they're right. up as free agents. So you were doing everything the same way Oklahoma City did it with Westbrook. Like you can't even really get mad at Oklahoma City because they were afraid they were going to lose him to L.A. And then he signs mm-hmm. their extension and he, they're so excited. And now he's one of the least tradable players in the league. And, you know, Houston and yet, did it with and Harden. And got traded. <laughs> yeah, for the only right. other guy that's like the least tradable guy right. in the league and wall. But you do all of these things. And I wonder if Harden, <laughs> and I would just say my guess would be no, but can you sit him down if you're Nash You'd hope so if you were Durant, but we just tried it with Westbrook. I, I, Kyrie is a complete X factor in this. I have no mm. idea because on Tuesday he's going to say it's awesome, and on Wednesday he's going to say I want more shots. Can Harden be reprogrammed as a player? Does he sit down and go, you know what? I've gotten all these numbers. I've gotten an MVP. You know, it just hadn't really worked out. Like, I, let's figure this out because he's a great enough shooter and a passer to be able to probably work with anybody. That's why Golden State was actually still interested in him as a player because right. there are versions of him that are incredible. But night in and night out, especially in the playoffs, I don't know if I would believe him if he would tell me the answers I want to hear because everything has been catered to him in a style that I wonder if these habits are even breakable for him anymore as an offensive player. That was the sleeping giant of this whole hardened sweepstakes was Golden State. And I don't think they were in it. But if they had decided to get into it, I heard he um, he was not he and Durant are close and Durant uh, wanted to leave there. So I think there was some communication about there was some Steve Kerr stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That Kerr was like, you might not want to play for him, which, again, it sounds insane that Durant could complain about anything with Golden State. But it sounds like he did. But the only complaint that Kevin Durant had about Golden State was he wasn't Steph Curry and he was never going to be Steph Curry in that market. And no matter what he did and how many championships they won, Steph Curry was still the guy. And that was never going to change. And beyond that, Curry was Kerr's guy and KD knew that. And it's like, but there was a reason Curry was Kerr's guy because he's his team. Well, not only that, he's one of the (laughs) most accommodating superstars I've ever seen. I've ever been around. So and I think that's the KD Kerr thing definitely fell apart the last year. And I think that was a piece of it. Like I even, we got a puppy last month and watched the dynamic of the puppies competing for our attention. Yeah. And this, our one dog, Willie, who was kind of the apple of everyone's eye. And then this new puppy comes in and he was just so resentful. The first, not to yeah. compare NBA players to Did dogs. Did you name but, the dog Kyrie? <laughs> yeah. But you, we, it's just funny with egos and resentment it's just human nature. It's dog nature. And it's like, if you feel like this is always going to be Curry's team, he's always going to be the apple of this coach's eye. Why am I here? I really do think that was a huge piece of the KD thing. And now you go to the Brooklyn piece, it's KD's team. Now you have Harden here. Like whose team is it? Whose city? Who's running the show? You have Nash, who's a new coach. You have an organization that's never been there before. It just seems like a mess to me. And Kyrie. Right. But they're so talented. And, and, you know, so the question is, so what I'm most interested in is what does Kevin Durant do now? Like, how does Kevin Durant feel about what's happened with Kyrie? Maybe he's totally in concert with him. I'm sure he's been talking with him. Maybe he's like, you all don't understand what it's like to be an NBA player, to be a black man in this country, to deal with everything we're dealing with. And that very well, I mean, that's true. 
I'll say it's true. That is true. I have no idea what that's like. And so maybe for, for most NBA players, they understand it. You know, they understand where Kyrie's coming from in a way we never will. That's entirely yeah. possible. It really is. And so KD can say, I know when he's back, he's my brother. We got this. We're going to go moving forward. But that's different than what's going on with Harden. They need to know from Harden, you're going to show up. You're going to defend. You're going to play. You're not going to get as many shots. <laughs> well, he's now, not, I'm a, I can report now he's not going to defend. Yeah. So, I mean, what's going <laughs> to happen, you know? Rosillo, can you do... 20 seconds on how bad Harden is if he doesn't have the ball in a possession, just even at his peak when he was at his all-time prime. Well, we know that he never wanted to have anything to do with the play once he was disengaged from it, which then Houston media members described as basketball genius because he was spreading the floor until people immediately <laughs> figured out, like, you don't have, you can help off of him every single time, which is one of the Chris Paul's big frustrations because he's like, even if I beat my guy, I know he's always in it, but he's so far removed, he's not even a good option anymore. But it's not even any of that. We know he's going to get his numbers. The guy can get 25 with his eyes closed. It is all the little defensive stuff where he picks the wrong assignment he decides to stay at home to double a guy that's not the threat and leave the threat open because it's just an effort thing baseline forget it he won't box out if somebody else is crashing the boards he boxes out the guy that's already boxed out because he's closer because he knows the other one's going to take more effort there are so many sneaky horrible plays in his game right now that you got to fix all of this stuff if you actually think you're going to win a championship and and how are you going to do it in season how do you do it in season how do you lose weight and get fit and do all these things in season Caring. That's it. One word. Care. Yeah. Yeah, but, but don't don't need as much. Do you think do you think this move do you yep. think this move will single handedly revitalize the strip club industry in New York City? That's a joke from Alan Yang. Um yeah. we have Harden in New York City. This is like Wow. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how that plays out. I here's my question from a basketball standpoint. Because I thought about this during the couple games KD and Kyrie played together. There's a moment at the end of one game. They came out of a timeout. They needed a basket. And they ran a play for Kyrie. And KD stood on the side and watched it. And I was watching it thinking, KD's the most gifted scoring forward of all time. I think even Larry Bird would admit that. I don't know if he's the best offensive forward all time. But if you picked any forward in the history of the league to get two points, it would be Kevin Durant. And he's watching Kyrie. Kyrie missed. Durant got the rebound. And then Durant had to go at it with seven seconds and he missed like his little leaner from 12 feet away and they lost. Mm -hmm. But watching that was weird because KD was on the side. Now you're also going to have Harden on the side in these situations. There's mm -hmm. never been anything like this in the history of basketball where well, you have three guys with the kind of usage rate they have, the kind of offensive talent they have. We've just never seen this before. Never, Not three guys like this. No, I don't think so. It's funny you're talking about usage rate when Kyrie – or when one of them went out, Durant went out first, right? For protocol reasons. Yeah. I yeah. just looked, I, I think I looked up their usage rate. It was almost identical. It was like 32.6%. Like it was almost right. identical, their usage rate. And I'm like, oh, I want Kevin Durant now that I know he's healthy. Because boy, think about how how well he's come back from what he came back from. And, and we know historically people don't come back from this in the way that he has, especially with this kind of accuracy and dedication. And I mean, I can't say enough about the start he had coming back. And yet his usage rate was almost the same as Kyrie's right off the top. Yeah, yeah you're right about I that. I mean, Durant's had two significant injuries that he's come back. Yeah, from. yeah, the broken leg, the weird thing where the hockey stick feet and all that. I mean, 
it's unbelievable what he's gone through. He's played so. eight games and he's averaging 38 and six, which is where he was when he left. So I, I test. He looks Wait, the same. Thir- no, he's 28 and six, right? You say 38? Durant's eight games, 30 a game. Oh, 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 oh. I thought you were like 38. And I was like, wait, what's going no, on I'm sorry. Here? This should 30, be a bigger deal. Nobody's scoring 30 hyphen, oh, 8 hyphen, and 6 hyphen. Yeah. 38 and 6. Got it. Yeah. My yeah. Bad. 38 um, and 6. And yeah. I test like he's looked where he was a year and a half ago, right? That's how I feel. Do you feel like, you feel like he's any lesser? Because I do not. I don't, I don't. either. No, I don't, I don't. either. When and guys just say like, hey, he's 85% of what he was, I'm fascinated by people that can say that because I'll be like, how? Where's the 15% that's missing? Bill's a big right. 15% guy. I, I love I, percentages. Yeah, just you're mostly big to on annoy it. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's funny. I love that. Nah, Brady's 96% where he was three years ago. I have the, and no I just, I, come up with this. I, I honestly don't even get annoyed. I sit there in awe going, I hope I'm a percent guy one day. Yeah, hey, one thing on this Brooklyn thing. So they lose Jared Allen, who... I love I just Jared think Allen. It, I, just I just think he's really Jared good. Allen. Me <laughs> yeah, too. Like that guy. Can't, poor guy. I mean, another um, body in Harden's wake also, you know, another one. And then they lose Levert. And I thought it when Kyrie came back, I thought the thing that kind of made this team special potentially was their depth and their ability the to just... Yeah. yeah, and Levert and their ability to extend leads with their bench, which other teams don't like. Now they have no bench at all. Like, if you look at their team, it's Durant, Kyrie, Joe Harris... Who went to the bench? Who went to the bench because they remember they put him right. on the bench so right before all this happened. They're paying a ton of money for Harris. I'm not sure you can play Durant, Irving, Joe Harris, and Harden all together as your crunch time guys. So they got those four, and then it's like the Jeff Green Prince was in that trade. TLC yeah. they still have. Um, I'm sure they'll sign. TLC sure was playing a lot of sort of buyout, dude. They were doing some closing minutes with him a lot, too. I mean, I don't know if he was yeah. closing every single game, but I, I always try to track the closing five. And I'm like, man, you know, this is somebody they really trust and talk up. And really, he's more defensively a guy that you'd want. Than so you would Bruce Brown? You, Bruce you know what, Brown? what? Like, there's a version, if they do all get on the same page, that it actually makes sense. Because Durant can shoot from everywhere. He's not. We saw with Golden State that he can actually play with other guys. And even if you had said a few minutes ago, like, have we ever seen anything like this? I would put Steph and Clay and Durant up against this version of this. It's just better. But not, a, not from a usage rate standpoint, though. From no, a because skill Clay's standpoint, usage, but not from... Right. Yeah, Clay, and Clay was such Clay, a good two-way player, too. His 60-point game, I think he had 17 dribbles, and then Steph had, right. like, 800 or something. It was, yeah. it's completely yeah, different. Yeah, well, we different know, skill sets. Different skill we sets. We saw Durant the first Warriors season, which I still think is probably the best team I've ever seen. I, I, as my ties to the 86 Celtics, notwithstanding. Wow. Um, Durant was so, uh, Durant was so unselfish and awesome that year. So we know he can do it. Kyrie, Kyrie, we've seen him with LeBron as the number two guy who can float in and out of quarters, but then immediately take over and be devastating. And we We saw him defer. We saw Kyrie defer a lot in the Milwaukee series where they lost in five. He was deferring, deferring on both ends. The guy we haven't seen do anything other than when he was at OKC, which is now a million years ago, is Harden. We yeah, saw Harden Matt, as like this six-man awesome guy, but since then he's been a one-man show, and I don't know how he turned that off. You better learn in a hurry. He wants this to work. This episode is supported by H&R Block. Knock, knock. Real estate pros. 
You could save up to 30% when you file your business taxes with Block Advisors instead of a typical accountant. That's because Block Advisors was built by H&R Block to provide small business tax prep that doesn't cost an arm and a leg. Their tax pros are specially trained to help real estate pros like you get every available credit and deduction, 100% accuracy, guaranteed. Visit blockadvisors.com slash real estate today to get started. Average savings based on national average fees for federal form 1040 plus schedule C and one state filing in latest available 2020 survey conducted by the national society of accountants. Pricing may vary. See blockadvisors.com forward slash guarantees for full details. This episode is brought to you by Honda. Honda is committed to achieving carbon neutrality by 2050 and the prologue EV is their latest innovation in that journey. The prologue is all the great things you expect from Honda in an EV. As an SUV, the Prologue comes with class-leading passenger space with intuitive features and clean, thoughtful design. The Prologue is more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. Can we do Oladipo? Yeah, go for it. If we must. So, Russell and I have... We did. We talked about this yesterday. He did my podcast, and we both really enjoy the Pacers. And yes. one of the fun things about Malcolm the Pacers Brogdon. was... well. And Sabonis, and I love both holidays. I enjoy yeah, but, McDermott. But Malcolm Brogdon, Malcolm Brogdon, he should be on the Milwaukee Bucks right now, and they should have already. I mean, and Eric Bledsoe never should have been there. I don't even get me started. Oh, wait, why are you Uh-oh. putting your hands behind you? Because I'm like the only one that disagrees with you guys. I know Bill probably feels stronger about this than than uh, you. I don't know who between the two of you. My position has always been this: Malcolm Brogdon, if you ask teams before the draft, has one of the historically worst medicals ever and that if Milwaukee if Milwaukee had him and was like even though we took him in the second round he's been really good we just don't know about 80 million when we have him in our house I defer to the med team from the incumbent team if they moved on from it he may be perfect for this Pacers you know the whole thing he's been awesome I get it and you guys I I totally get where you're coming from but I've always felt like Milwaukee gets too much criticism because they had him in-house and they just didn't feel as good about his medicals but they also had Eric Bledsoe in-house and they saw Eric Bledsoe on breakaway jams when they're up by 30, grabbing his crutch and slam, crotch and slamming the ball through. They saw his <laughs> the way he behaved in Phoenix. It's not like he's this model citizen. Brogdon's nickname is El Presidente. Like, I'll take my chances with that kind of guy mm-hmm. and his health yeah. history, as opposed to Bledsoe who just disappeared, evaporated into thin air in postseason I, after postseason. Come on, dude. I just like Brogdon. I like Brogdon's game. I like the cerebral... Oh, and 100%. it's so fun with him and Sabonis because I it, there it's almost like watching a European team or like a mid two thousand ten Spurs team something like that. And we would how about how we stayed about, in front of Curry in the corner last night? Did you see that play where Curry got stuck? Curry dribbled into the corner and kind of screwed himself up. But Brogdon was like staying in front of him. And Curry was throwing everything at him, and he stayed right in front. Yeah, of him. It was pretty impressive. You know but, what I was wondering? So, Remember when the Celtics wanted a sign and trade with with the Pacers? Do you think they asked for Brogdon? Sure, at some point, Ainge asked for Brogdon. He probably yeah. asked for everybody, you know? Right. Well, Sumner. they lit a fire under Miles Turner because Miles Turner yeah, is like really Bill good. Russell now defensively. Yeah, really yeah. Good. yeah. So yeah, been- we would watch this Indiana team. It was clear they didn't like Oladipo. And when Oladipo would do well, it was kind of like, hey, good shot, dude. And and it just, the vibe was off. And watching them last night, I was texting Russell about this this morning, about they didn't have Oladipo last night. And they were they were really fired up to win the yeah. game, and both holidays are playing, and it was just like, oh, I wonder what they can get for Oladipo. It's clear they don't need him now. They yeah. turn him into Levert, who's basically the T.J. Warren replacement, because it seems right. like T.J. Warren's going to be out two down months. But I'm really shame. down with yeah. this Pacers team. I said to Russell in a text today, 
I thought they had like slim but not unrealistic Miami Heat 2020 bubble potential huh. as like just kind of a wild card that I'm not sure I want to see in a playoff series if they can figure out all their pieces. And I think LeVert's going to be good for them. But who's your closer? Like who's your closer? Is it LeVert? I think Sabonis. Oh, I think Sabonis. Sabonis yeah. is so yeah. good. I, I, you know, yeah. Bill and I are working so, on this top thirty, top forty, and I was like, why am I hesitating on this at all? I mean, Sabonis yeah. is so clearly. I love, yeah. I love Sabonis, but it's funny when when I was doing a, um, I was doing a straw poll among players way back in the good old days when we were actually in gyms talking to guys, and it was because you know Tatum was going to. I was pretty sure Tatum was going to be an All Star, you know. Yeah. And I was asking him, I don't, I, and I said to him, I don't think Jalen Brown's going to be an all-star. And Tatum's like, why not? And I'm going through all the players. And he's like, this player, no, nah, Jalen's better than him. I go, well, he's your teammate. You're biased. But anyway, it just got me, gave me the idea to start every time a team came through saying, all right, who would your East all-star see? Asking the players. And it was so funny how, how many of them just didn't think as much as, about Sabonis as I did. The players right. themselves just really didn't for whatever reason, give him the, the cred that I thought he deserved, you know, because he is. A I great, like that. He can, I like that he can actually create for other people, yeah. especially like in the last couple of minutes, because they, you can run a little screen with them or he can end up with it and he could actually like not, it's not just like, Oh, I'll just get my jump hook. Right. Yeah. There's a couple five drives. different things he can do. He had two drives where he got completely cut off because, you know, when Golden State goes with this big thing, and Wiseman's like a one and a half human being. I know, he is, there. isn't he? He's so and fun to watch. It's so, he has a couple moments every night where you're right. like, oh, And then my he has God, some other God. ones that you're going, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're 19. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right, yeah. Uh, but Sabonis completely shut off. And I don't know how many other guys playing, you know, look, we have an incredible group of mobile bigs who have vision and all that kind of stuff. But Sabonis mm -hmm. is making these, he's making guard-like, drive to the rim kick out passes where he already knows what he's doing and it's it's catching people off guard because they're just not expecting yeah. like a four to make these drives they can play him at the five his post work i'd put him i don't know how, who's better than him in the post footwork the up and under stuff the durant the, durant yeah it's really good in the post that just fair. doesn't do it often yeah he just, just doesn't, doesn't have to you know and right. Embiid he still had, has I, I would say sabonis said, sabonis has the best menu I think he has the most the most oh, moves on his diner menu. You know, he's he can throw mm -hmm. you a sandwich, soup, little salad. I but the reason Carlos. I think it was such an Im important trade for Indiana was I do think they needed to do something about the old depot thing because two years ago he was the guy in that team. And once that's happened, you're always gonna think you're the guy, regardless of right, right. what has happened since. And you could feel the tension in it where it's clear like Brogdon and Sabonis. These, this is the engine of this team with all these role players. So now they flip the old depot piece. They bring in Levert, who's not as good as Sabonis and old depot, but can be a really good, yeah, you know, we don't know what he really good six, seventh man for them. I think you can, I think you can be better than that. He's better than that. Right. Could be that I'm saying worst case scenario. And then if you're Houston, oh, yeah. you get a, you get to take a flyer on Ola depot who two years ago was one of the top 20 guys in the league. And if you don't like them, you can let them go. So I, I actually really like that piece for both teams. You, Ryan, you are you pro Oladipo at this point, or where are you? 
I am. I'm still holding out hope. Like you were throwing me some trades that were terrible this morning, and I loved them though. I loved them all. Like you had one. I had what was one. my my Dallas trade? Josh <laughs> had, Josh Green and and Josh James Johnson Green and James Johnson for Oladipo. <laughs> and I just I know you know it sucks. And oh, I'm man. going. I I love that you put Josh Green in there as like a first round out of Arizona, you know, he like the, multiple yeah, defender. He was the, yeah. the centerpiece. He was the he was the sweetener on that. And I just go. Okay, I had a well, pick in there too. You know no, what? No. You guys need to find some hobbies. The two of you. This is what we do in okay. the mornings. <laughs> Apparently. Apparently. I start every day with going, every day I start, I go, no basketball, just for a day. Turn the yeah. phone off. Don't text with anybody. And then, you know, it comes six o'clock West Coast time. There I am charting the Cavs rotations. Yeah, I, I just right. can't. I don't know. I mean, look, there's not a lot going on, so I'm not going to complain about yeah. any of it or any of that kind of stuff. Right, but right. I'm... <laughs> I thought Oladipo, for all of the, hey, what's he look like post-injury, he looks bad at basketball, but healthy. So yeah, I'm hoping. Totally agree. I'm, That's I'm a hoping, great way to put it. He right. looks huh. fine, but he's not playing well. So, wait, so. Wait, so, let's, so let's take this forward then. So if you're Houston, you had to get rid of Harden, and you got these picks, and you got, you know, Oladipo's the centerpiece for you, right? Is yes. that enough? Well, you have all the picks, and the picks, now you're buying time. But you're buying time to kind of figure out who you are and what you want to be. There's still right. a PJ Tucker trade. There's an Eric Gordon trade. Or right. if I told you, good two luck and on half the Eric Gordon ago, trade. Well, if I told you two and a half years ago, hey, there's going to be a team in two, the 2020-21 season. Their backcourt's John Wall and Victor Oladipo, and their center's Boogie Cousins. You'd have been like, oh, is that a five not. seed? Is that the Washington <laughs> Wizards? <laughs> Uh, the um, Oladipo, look, I've defended Wall. I've definitely defended Wall more than I've ever criticized him. I, I think you look back a few years ago, Jackie. I mean, he was he was a oh, really good player. He's flawed, he was on top of the was, table. It, I was, was there, man. They had just he, beaten the Celtics in Game Six, and he is up on the table. And he was he awesome. Owns that yeah, yeah. And, so and I don't. What what beef should anyone have with John Wall? Other than the dude got hurt and he's fought like hell to get back. And think about him through all this noise. He was a superstar, and he's just sat back and tried to be a voice of reason and not to inflame it. I, I've been impressed with John since he got back. I mean, I don't no, know. That's, that's what was funny about watching, especially last night's game. But this is not new. Like people are making out to be like, oh, it couldn't be any uglier than last night. It's like it's actually been pretty ugly like a bunch of different times. Yeah. It just happened to be that it was the Lakers. And maybe more people were watching it. Right. But, I mean, right. Cousins almost got ejected again. And I was like, is he going to yeah. ejected? That's and then he sounds like the voice of reason to us. I just loved when it was different guys who were probably going to be in the G League in normal circumstances. Once they start looking at Harden, being like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, this yeah. is hilarious. Like you never see this in the NBA where the guy guy who's on a two-way is looking at a future Hall of Famer being like, what are you doing here? So yeah. I think from from the Oladipo part of this and, and all of those different pieces, I, I think you'd rather had had Simmons. And I'm not the biggest Simmons guy, but I, this is where I think GMs can get really cute. You know, it really yeah. is about the one piece. And that's why, you know, for years, GMs will tell you, Hey, you got to win the trade. If you're getting the best player, I know that sounds stupid, stupid and simplistic. Like, oh, hey, thanks, insiders, for telling me you right, want the best right. player in this. But that's a lot of times where you can get really cute with all these swaps and all these future picks, and everybody's excited about this. And clearly, Houston had to restock the shelves here with the picks because Ooh. of all the stuff that they had moved out in the Westbrook deal. So I don't blame them for that. But if Simmons were on the table the way a lot of us believe that he was, and this came down to like a Tyrese Maxey thing, um. I'd rather have Simmons than Oladipo, who's a free agent at the end of the year. See, I really a big do Simmons like Maxi though. Yeah, I'm a big Simmons fan. I still think in the right 
situation. And, and I don't know, maybe this isn't the right situation. We'll see. They're winning. I just don't ever look at Simmons and want him. I don't care about his stats as much as I do other things. The way he can go downhill and change a game. It, you know, it might, like for me, when I watch Simmons, I'm looking situationally, which sounds dumb, but so let's just say he's got the ball in his hands and he's going downhill. Like, I want to see him do what I think he should do every game, which is drive through everybody. Nobody can stop him and finish. I want to see he's him. He's like LeBron. Yeah. And I want to see, he's, him, he's I see more of that. Right. And I want to see more of that. I want to see him defend it at a level where, like, we're, like, he's Pat Beverly only with all the tools, you know? And, and I don't get that every night from him, but I think he's still young and I still think he's going to get there. I really do. Well, as a basketball fan, I think it would have been more fun if Simmons was the trade and Brooklyn kept the team they had and the Kyrie Maybe. thing sorted itself out and worked. And cause I, I did like watching that Brooklyn team. I like the idea of Simmons with his own team in Houston, where he could do the downhill stuff and just yep. basically try yep. to do a late two thousands LeBron impersonation. And then, uh, I it, and then from a from a Philly standpoint, Harden and Embiid together, I was just kind of excited for. I the Brooklyn thing, it feels like it's going to be either we're going to be going, wow, how did we ever doubt this with having these three scores on the court? They're unstoppable, or it's going to be a disaster. And I don't think there's a middle ground for this. It it really does feel like one of the all time either or moves. Like you could talk me into either side. I would probably lean more toward the disaster. Um, but I care about what it looks like game 50, not game 10, because when things are new, everyone's saying the right things in the relationship. We all know the right things to say when you're first talking to somebody that you don't want to piss them off. You're hiding your weirdness, you know, and then you start moving in and mm. now it's now, you know, we're talking about February and March and then you start, start sharing real tendencies. My favorite, yeah, my favorite ever was in Jackie knows this well. When Antoine Walker came back to the Celtics for that weird oh, brief yeah. stretch, yeah. <laughs> and he was he was so intent on getting back on defense, trying not to take threes. He was inbounding the ball as quick as he possibly could because he wanted another contract. And look, to Tuan's credit, he loved Boston, never wanted to leave. So he was yeah. doing it to try to convince them, like, hey, keep me around. And those first couple of weeks, it was hilarious. It was like the guy that was the most polite ever, opening doors when he shouldn't even have been opening doors. And then it slowly starts to creep back to like, oh, wait, this is why he's not here anymore. And yeah. I, I don't know. I, I can't help but go, wait, so I'm supposed to bet on the personalities of Harden and Kyrie and Durant, who signed up for the Kyrie part of it, which still doesn't make a ton of sense, that it's all just going to work out. But then I think about the basketball part, which I think what the GMs do, because they just go, hey, these guys are so hard to get. We just do. got one. We just got one. We just got a Hall of Famer who's a great shooter, a great passer, who plays every game, who holds up physically, gets to the free throw line all the time. Uh, we all know the playoff resume. Um, I think there's well, a way you think it could of it work. this way. They have to buy in, well, and they're not buy-in guys, except for one of them in Durant. That's the problem. It's two non-buy-in guys with a buy-in guy, and all three have to buy in. And who's convincing them to buy in? A first-year coach who I have great respect for. How can you not love Steve Nash? And and, you know, someone I got to an argument um, with some of my colleagues at ESPN about when he said, well, twice he said, well, I don't I haven't talked to Kyrie. You know, I didn't hear from her or whatever. And everyone's like, well, he threw he threw Kyrie under the bus. And my, my, my take on it was he didn't throw him under the bus. He's just an honest guy. You guys have been around Steve. Oh, You've been around God. National yeah. Time. He's just the last thing he was doing. Was he yeah. supposed to cover yeah. for him because the guy stopped showing up to work? No, like he just told the truth. And, and what he doesn't realize is you can't tell the truth if you're an NBA coach. Yeah, no, it's a good point. You know, really. And he will learn that, unfortunately, because it's part of your survival skills. But 
you know, he is such a good guy and such a stand-up guy. And I, I just can't picture him getting in Harden's face and saying, you got to lose 25 pounds and you got to lose 15 shots a game from your resume. I can't see it. Like, who's going to do, do that? If we, if we do this over again and we're Jeff in that Green? last, the 2019 playoffs and Durant doesn't get hurt. Mm. And he's the best player in the league. He's better than LeBron the way he was playing. Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, I thought that was the best I've ever seen Durant play. He was clearly the best guy in the league and they go through and they win another title. And I know it got super sour and weird, but maybe at that point you just go, maybe I should stay. We have a chance to be a dynasty first. I know he wasn't going to, but wasn't there's gonna. this, there's yeah, this what right. if where it's just like, man, it's too bad. Cause I did the pod with him that first season. We did like four pods. The first year is the worst. He was genuinely happy there. He loved it. He loved yeah. the basketball. And there's this yeah. world where it's like, man, that just could have been unbelievable for like eight. That could, that team could have been eight, nine here's, years together and it lasted thing. three. But Ke so. Ke I, I really, Kevin to me is so interesting. And I, I just, I still think it, at heart, he's like a good guy. I really believe that. And, but he's thin skinned. We know this. And that Draymond thing, you cannot underplay that. That that no. was like the final thing that did it for him, I really think. Yeah, yeah, and that. I think Draymond, I mean, Draymond knows that too, you know? And, and and I'm not faulting Draymond. I'm not faulting either one. Like that, that stuff happens every night in the locker room. You gotta shake that off and move on. Stuff people say stuff like that all the time. But I, I, Kevin Durant was never staying. I mean, I think they knew I think Steve Kerr knew it almost the whole year. I, yeah, I was there for sad. that game, sitting about 50 feet hey, away yeah. from it, and I knew. Uh, and I didn't I know what was going on, was but it was you, like Eddie, one of the ugliest things. I was there for Hori throwing the towel at Danny Ainge. Like, I've seen, I, I was there for the Doc Bird fight like you were, too. That was one of the ugliest things I've seen. I was there at that game, too, actually, the the Warriors game. They were playing the Lakers, right? Weren't they? They were Clippers, yeah. Clippers, yeah, because I know I was in L.A. for work. And I was at the game just visiting and I needed to get Draymond for something else entirely, like nothing <laughs> to do with that. And so he did his little quick thing. And then I'm like, that's ah, screw it. And I, I followed him and I'm like, Hey, he goes, I don't want to talk. I go, no, I need to talk to you about something completely different. He's like, Oh, great. So he talked to me for my 10 minutes and off he went, you know, I love Draymond Green. <laughs> well, the other, what if is the 2016, if he just goes to a different team other than golden state, I don't like how I think this played out in a really weird way for Durant. Where now he's on this team. He he's basically on the island of misfit toys. Him, Kyrie and Harden. It might go great. It might be a disaster. And he also missed all of last year. And this is like one of the best 15 players of all time. I just it makes me nervous. But on the other hand, when you have a team where you definitely have two of the best eight guys in the league, it's a 30 team league. You have two of the best eight. That's plus Kyrie, whatever they get. I was going to say, you might have three of the top 30, you know, when Kyrie's. Oh, right. yeah. Yeah. Kyrie, you have to put him in, like, I, I was trying to leave him out and I go, I can't, I can't leave him out of the top 30. Like that's nuts. And even with Harden yeah. at his very worst, um, you know, that's where I always push back on like the Harden's number four, he's number five. Cause I just think that group is different. I think it's, it's LeBron. He's, a, he's it's in KD, the top eight. It's Kawhi. Uh, I would take Sturry. Uh, look, yeah, Giannis, Doncic probably at this point I'd rather have him over Harden only because even though the games are so similar, Harden is the better shooter. But Doncic, we just have less bullshit. Although he's getting a little mouthy, Bill, in year three. He's getting a little mouthy. Well, that's who he always was, though, right? It's yeah, to your point. But, like, the more comfortable you get, the more you become who you are. And I don't yeah. think it's necessarily bad either. 
Well, he's from the same country as Dragic, and that's a country that just produces badasses. Dragic is Dragic is like a closet badass. No, Shaq gets said in, this. Get on the TNT gets in show. The feisty shit constantly, and I think that uh, you know Shaq that said this. Just Shaq, has feisty dudes. When he was in Phoenix, he told the story recently because they were talking about this stuff, and he's like, "I tried to mess with Dragic." Dragic was like, "Hey, I'm not like fuck off. Like, I'm not doing that stuff. You don't know where I'm from." <laughs> and Shaq was kind of like, "All right." <laughs> he's like well remember he had that feud with Vujicic where it was like it looked like they were gonna like have a real like a knife fight at midcourt during the third quarter of games like yeah he's a badass I think Luca's just just he reminds me of like an Italian like he's like a character out of the godfather just like don't fuck with me I'm feisty uh, but we were saying Adrian Brody and Peaky Blinders did you see Adrian oh, yeah. Brody yeah that's who he is we were saying he's like yesterday, he, he's Lafurio uh, we were saying yesterday he Luca didn't know the season was going to start when it did, and he's playing himself into shape like Shaq in 2004. I don't think he's in shape yet. Bill, I think that happened to a lot of guys. In fact, I think it's why a lot of people decided, like like Kemba with the stem cell injection. I think he thought the season was going to start in January. He was going to do that stem cell thing, and and he was going to recover. And none of us would have ever known about. It. So, and who was I just hearing about the other day? They were talking about. Yeah, we had no idea the season was going to start, and then it did, and I was going to be on a different training program. So I think, I think that was universal. I mean, I think what happened, like it, it got to be Christmas, it, you know, they started talking about the Christmas game, and I think the NBA is like, no, no, we're going to wait till later. And I think TNT and ESPN, all those people are like, uh, yeah, no, 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 you'll you'll be starting at Christmas, and then it's like, okay, all right, everybody, let's go, you know. It was a huge advantage for LeBron because LeBron's in shape 365 days of the year. So he's ready to go. And now he's making his MVP run. Man, they look great, don't they? The Lakers, they look great. I was I was All going right. through this this morning because I've had so many games where I'm like, what the hell? Like Gabe Vincent was the one the other night where he took 20 shots from Miami Heat. And I was like, that's, a, that's weird that I don't know who Gabe Vincent is. And he just took 20 shots in an NBA game. And so I started going through it and I was looking at how many guys are taking like 18 or more. And I did this fan duel video. So by the time this comes out, that'll probably be out. There's, there's like 20 guys in the league that are taking 18 shots or more a game. That's a big, big number, like a huge number. And it doesn't have Harden, Trey Young, um, D'Angelo Russell, Paul George, Devin Booker, like some of the guys that are big time, you know, shot takers. And then I started looking at like there are 39 players that are averaging 20 or more a game right now. 39 players average at 20 or more. So 10 years ago, that number was at 19. So yes, people are taking more threes. Yes, the pace is increasing and all the offensive efficiency numbers and stuff. But we have more high usage nights from guys that you're like, what the hell is going on with this guy? And, and, and there's so many players, like Chris, Christian Wood shot jump, the Jeremy Grant stuff, who's, look, he's been really good closing some of these games, but it's it's a league-wide thing because of how weird, exactly as you're saying, Jackie, because of rosters and protocols and all this different stuff and the schedule. Well, no defense. And no defense. Defense right. is all conditioning. But defense is all conditioning and effort. And those are two things right now that players that just came off several months of a pandemic and a bubble and all that, they're just not really ready to do that every single night. They're like, okay, I'll be, I'll be on the LeBron plan and I'll just do it for the final 20 games of the year. You know. Well, I still think it's the Lakers title to lose. From, I know it's early to just declare a winner, but they just seem, watching basketball every night, they just seem like they have their shit together the most. Joel Embiid looks like a guy on a mission to me. Yeah. That dude is on a mission. He was, he was in, in the delivery room with his fiance waiting for the birth of their first child, their son. 
and he's in the middle. Like she's like in between contractions and he looks at his phone. He finds out he's not all NBA. And since then, that dude, he's taking names and numbers and he's ready to go. And Doc, Doc will do the Doc routine on him too. At some point. Yeah, he'll he'll do the press conference where he's like, I don't know why he's not the discussed as the best player in the league. Like he'll he'll pump him up Bundini Brown style. So all right, Okay, this so, is good. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. Thanks to Jackie McMullen and Bill Simmons, emergency hardened trade. I had a great I had a really great time. It was really great to see you. Me I loved too. I loved everything we talked about. I had a really fun time. There's only one problem. I don't know if I should be saying this on the podcast at this time, but I think I hit record about halfway through, just so you know. That's fine. No, we'll make it work. You'll fit right in. Cool. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just... Once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com.